Hello, beautiful people. You are listening to the Inside Job Podcast with Mikkel Brand Oliver. The Inside Job Podcast will share light, love, and lessons to support you in loving and valuing yourself from the inside out. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to episode one of The Inside Job. Thank you again for listening and desiring to grow in your individual journey of being emotionally, mentally, and spiritually well. I am Mikkel Brand Oliver, your host, and I'm someone just like you, desiring to grow and develop into the best version of themselves. Every Monday for the next 10 weeks, I desire to connect with you and unearth self-love from the inside out. If anything discussed today is helpful for you, please share the podcast with those in your circle, leave a review, connect with me personally, and apply what you heard. Let's get started with a mindset check-in. A mindset check-in is a temperature check of your heart, and your heart is the ruling center of your entire being, and it significantly affects your mind, thoughts, behaviors, and how you see yourself and the world. I am a woman of faith, and I'm continuing to grow in my relationship with God, and the Bible specifically cites the heart 826 times. And one such time is in Proverbs 4.23, which states, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Your heart houses so much of your thinking, so much of what goes into your habits and your behavior and how you see yourself and others. So the mindset check-in is an inventory of the heart. And I want you to ruminate on the mindset check-in as the week progresses, as the day progresses. You can journal your thoughts, share them with the trusted loved one, or use them as a discussion prompt with a circle of folks who hold you accountable to being your best self and who you hold them accountable to being their best selves as well. The ultimate aim here is to make sure that you ruminate and respond to the mindset check-in for yourself first. So place your own mask on first before you help someone else. The mindset check-in for episode one is, what is the title of your current chapter in life and why? Hmm. In other words, how would you title the breath fullness, and totality of your life right now. The areas that are thriving, the areas that are withering, the areas that you only post on social media, and the areas that you don't tell anyone about, even the areas that you are aspiring towards. If you had to title all elements and areas of your life, what would the title be and why? As you ruminate on this question throughout the week, Again, write your thoughts, share them with the trusted loved one, and ask someone else this same question, and be willing to share your response to the question. The title of the current chapter in my life 
is pray about everything and worry about nothing. A journey to freedom. (laughs) And the key word is journey, y'all. I am on a passage to living out the title of this chapter in belief, actions, patterns, and habits. I'm aspiring towards the title bit by bit. And that is the beauty of being human, of valuing incremental growth and resting in the presence of the present and trusting God's plan and will for my life. There were many times in 2020, like many of you, where I forfeited my peace because I took my eyes off of God and focused on the uncertainty in front of me. And I was leaning on Google rabbit hole searches instead of searching in the word of God and the comfort of God. So in this current season of life, I'm on a quest for freedom through praying about everything and worrying about nothing. Now, this doesn't mean the absence of worry, but it means how I respond to worry is by carrying it to God in prayer. I mean, let's be real, y'all. How is worrying helpful? Does it offer any gain, any value, any comfort, healing, or resolution? Does worrying change anything or alter the situation? No. All it does is drain and rob us of living a free, unencumbered life. And much of what we worry about is out of our control anyway. So in this chapter of my life, I'm exchanging worry for prayer. The topic for episode one of the Inside Job podcast is condemnation and self-accusation. Woo! Mikkel, those are some heavy words with weighty consequences. I know, very weighty consequences to our destiny and purpose. And self-accusation and condemnation serve as blockage and barriers to self-love. And more importantly, receiving God's love. The amazing and often puzzling thing about life, which is multiple emotions, events, experiences, and engagements happen at the same time. The same time. (laughs) Weeping and rejoicing can occur in the same week, month year, day, or hour, along with life and death, opportunities and closed doors, light and darkness, acceptance and rejection, confidence and insecurity, justice and inequity. You can insert any opposite ends of the spectrum and they can, and in many cases will, exist at the same time. If you can't clearly identify it, in your own life personally, you can look at the lives of those closest to you or in the lives of people you witness in the media and news and see that an array of life's elements occur at the same time. How we process this pluralism of life, multiple things happening at the same time, as it relates to our own journey of self-love is imperative. When we don't give ourselves permission to be human, to feel pain, to feel guilt, to feel anger, joy, exuberance, liberation, we hold ourselves hostage and imprison our God-given greatness and humanness. 
I graduated from Harvard University in 2019, and I moved from Maryland, where I currently live now, to Cambridge, Massachusetts in 2018 on a quest to learn the entrepreneurial side of education with the goal of opening an all-boys school in Southeast D.C. At this point, I had served in public education for 13 years. Now, I still desire to open a school. In due season, currently, it is a dream deferred. Do you have any deferred dreams? Hmm, it's two mindset check-ins. So I'm living in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I'm a 37-year-old graduate student, and I'm fully immersed in being a full-time student in a new city, new surroundings, no familiarity, and no previous connections. On one occasion, I was invited to an event celebrating the work of a nonprofit organization that advocates against standardized testing. And the event was your classic networking, rubbing shoulders, boasting about business or ventures or title over hors d'oeuvres and libations in a room full of people who I assumed <laughs> hailed from generational wealth and didn't look like a natural-haired Black woman like myself. I made small talk with folks, asked people if their boards and leaders looked like the communities they served, listened to them dance around the question, and tried my best to shake the feeling of discounting my value based on the lack of belonging I felt in the space. To my delight, though, a gentleman who I knew from school and always had warm greetings and smile-filled banter with was also in attendance at the event. We hugged, turned our code switch off, and were mutually glad to have a familiar face in the space. When the event ended, we shared an Uber home and had a detailed conversation about what it's like to be Black in a predominantly white space, how we wanted to spend the rest of our time at Harvard, and how day-to-day -day life was flowing. Once I made it home, got settled, and called my mom with the details of the evening, I reflected in my window, which is what I still do now. I pray out of my window. So I reflected in my window about my Uber ride with my acquaintance. And y'all, my reflection was a full-fledged critique of everything I said, what I didn't say, how I was perceived, how I wasn't perceived, how I had in some way failed an imaginary mission that wasn't known to anyone else but me and how I hadn't lived up to an expectation that was unrealistically and fraudulently created in my own mind. I doubted my wardrobe choice, choice of words, choice of actions, my whole being. Suddenly, though, above the growl of self-accusation and the roar of condemnation, I beckoned myself to stop. Stop the personal warring with myself. Stop the personal assault. In that moment, I told myself that if I didn't start loving myself, being gentle, gracious, forgiving, kind, and compassionate with how I view myself, the words I speak over myself, how I perceive myself to myself, then I would never know what it's like to be loved by a partner because I didn't even know what it was like to love myself. This realization was life-changing. The smog of self-accusation and condemnation was a toxin I was used to operating in. 
despite my outward confidence, boldness, and assertiveness, I was inwardly launching weapons of mass destruction on the very thing God designed wonderfully and fearfully in his image. Me. Self-love is an inside job. It begins with receiving God's love for us and permeating that love from the inside out. In order to receive God's love and radiate his love to ourselves and then others, we have to examine the boulders and barriers from within. Self-accusation and condemnation provide no space or room to accept God's love and self-love. So let's give some context in terms of definition to what self-accusation and condemnation is. Self-accusation can be described as persistent and incessant charges of guilt, failure, blame, rejection, and devaluing of yourself and thoughts, words, and actions. It's persistent, incessant charges that you bring against yourself consistently. Condemnation can be described as intense disapproval leading to a cycle of harsh judgment, punishment, and sentencing of yourself by yourself. Self-accusation and condemnation are owned, operated, and enacted by you, by us. We do it to ourselves. Yes, there are lived experiences and histories within our control and outside of our control that significantly contribute to the development and insidious cycle of self-accusation and condemnation. But at its core, when left untreated and ignored, it is self-inflicted brutality that robs us of the life and calling we were purposed for. And self-accusation and condemnation present in a myriad of ways. How do you speak over yourself? Do you say things like, I'm so stupid. I should have gone the back roads instead of the highway. What about, I hate my hair, my thighs, my shape, my fill in the blank. Or what about, I'm not good at, I'm not as, as so-and-so. I have a terrible sense of dot, dot, dot. What about blank doesn't look good on me. Blank is not for me. I couldn't pull that off. Or what about I look a mess. I'm crazy. I'm an idiot. These small slights seem minuscule, but the rooted mindset that gives bloom to these thoughts is dangerous and usually represent a fraction of the harsher inner conversations and harmful beliefs we have about ourselves. There are many triggers to self-accusation and condemnation. Many triggers. A couple examples of some triggers. Comparison. Unhealthy relationship. Fear of the unknown. Fear of the future. Insecurities that are reaffirmed by toxic and abusive relationships non-consensual violation against us at the hands of others, 
lack of belongingness within our family, our tribe, our personal and professional community, unhealthy lifestyle and habits. These are all triggers to self-accusation and condemnation. Other triggers, lies we believe about ourselves from previous experiences, living a life that we know opposes our greatness, fractured relationships with parents and caregivers, an insatiable need for attention, a desperate need to be partnered with someone, remaining in unproductive and damaging relationships, disconnected and inconsistent relationship and intimacy with God, mentally, spiritually, physically, emotional and cognitive challenge that go unaddressed or cared for, dark vices and habits that we hide from others, and traumatic childhood experiences. Now this list of triggers doesn't capture the fullness of experiences and encounters that seed self-accusation, but it rounds out experiences that many of us can connect to or with. I know I can, many of the examples that I stated, I have lived. And the perpetual cycle of self-accusation then condemn us to false beliefs and harsh critique of ourselves. It's a vicious and harmful cycle. So, Mikkel, how can we begin to disrupt the cycle of self-accusation and condemnation that prevents us from receiving God's love and soaking in self-love. I'm going to share with you four keys to dismantling the cycle of self-accusation and condemnation. They are one, forgive yourself. Two, examine your steps. Three, aspire to grow little by little. And four, pray about everything. Let's start with number one, forgiving yourself. In 1994, Oprah Winfrey had a guest on her acclaimed talk show that described forgiveness as giving up the hope that the past could be any different. This perspective on forgiveness turns forgiveness inward as acceptance of what has happened to you, your life experiences, history, and encounters along your journey as part of your unique story and testimony. Shame Blame and guilt serve as a rejection of what you've been through, even at your own doing and orchestration. John Kabat-Zinn is a doctor who does extensive work on mindfulness and stress reduction, and he describes guilt as driving with the emergency brake on. You don't need it. Don't should yourself. Learn from life. Grow from life and apologize where you have caused harm, starting with yourself. Forgiveness, giving up the hope that the past could be any different, not shooting yourself, this is where you can start with forgiving yourself. Now, the keys that I'm sharing y'all, they're not easy in understanding them or applying them, but they are tremendous in beginning, continuing, and becoming a vessel of love. So practical application of forgiving yourself. First one, counseling and therapy. Positive self-talk and counter-talk to self-accusatory thoughts. 
This is a skill, an intervention, a tactic that I use often when I get in that mirror and I'm like, this natural hair, I, I say, nope, your hair is healthy. You are beautiful. Keep going. Literally, I, I talk back to myself in the mirror. I talk back to myself even when I'm not in the mirror, right? So it's countering those thoughts that are really a part of you that are so habitual when you speak negatively or toxic about yourself, counter it with, with positivity. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can drive out darkness, in the words of Dr. King. Another practical application to forgiving yourself, listening intently to your own mind and heart and what comes out of your mouth. When you start paying attention, when you are more mindful of the words you speak over yourself, you'll hear it and you'll catch it and you'll be able to counter those thoughts. And lastly, in terms of a practical application of forgiving yourself, give yourself permission to be human, to feel and accept the feelings of hurt, pain, anger, and blame that come over you. Welcome them in. Unpack them as you can alone or with a trusted loved one or with a professional, but don't reject the feelings. I should be over this. I shouldn't care anymore. Don't reject those feelings. Welcome them in, feel them, process them, unpack them, and work to forgive yourself. You're human, you are beautiful, and you are loved. Key number two to dismantling the cycle of self-accusation and condemnation is examine your steps. So by this, I mean, take the time to map key events or moments where Self-accusation and condemnation crept into your inner relationship with yourself. Reflect on your childhood experiences, times where you felt belonging and valued, and the moments where that shifted. Excavate the origin of beliefs about yourself that are counter to what God says about you. Was it a relationship with a trusted family member? who betrayed you or disappointed you? Was it the level of attention you received or didn't receive in middle school? Was it a constant loathing of your body and wishing you had more or less of something that still haunts you to this day? Write or draw a map of critical moments and events that occurred that served as open doors to self-accusatory thinking and mindsets. Tracing your steps will illuminate experiences that you never imagined had a lasting imprint on you. I mean, you'll begin to see how deep and long you've carried certain beliefs about yourself and how you continue to feed a belief that originated 20 plus years ago and has been growing with you ever since. When you examine your steps and land on revelations, Journal your findings with the wave of emotion and realization. Share your feelings with God and trusted loved ones or and a professional. And then create a new map and vision of how you want to proceed moving forward. What do you envision for yourself? Dream boldly with imagination and map Write, draw a forward course for yourself. 
Key number three to dismantling the cycle of self-accusation and condemnation is aspire to grow little by little. I said in my mindset check-in reflection that I'm aspiring to pray about everything, worry about nothing, a journey to freedom, little by little. And the key to dismantling the cycle of self-accusation and condemnation is all about expectations. For many of us, we have decades of compounding trauma, toxic self-beliefs and insecurities to unpack. If we begin, continue, and commit to the lifelong journey of self-love with unrealistic expectations, we'll fall back into familiar cycles of guilt, shame, and blame when we fail to exceed an expectation that should have never been set. Self-love isn't a fad or a New Year's resolution or an age benchmark for your 30th, 35th, or 47th birthday. It is nurturing the second most important relationship you'll ever have, a relationship with yourself a relationship with God being number one. Self-love isn't about social media posts and likes or looking in the mirror and, and speaking affirmations. These may be effects of loving yourself from the inside out, but they are not the cause. The cause is found in your relationship with God and why and what he created you for. Be persistent and diligent in your journey. Acknowledge that you will falter and default to old habits, places, people, and beliefs that are toxic and infectious, and you will take stock of your life, grow, take action, seek support, and make small inflections to disrupt old patterns and cycles. So practical ways to honor incremental growth are journaling and reading over and reflecting on your growth from your journal entries, seeking therapy and counseling. That's going to be on every list of practical ways of application. Another practical way to honor incremental growth, sharing your journey with others, creating a blog, starting a small group, a podcast or a business venture, the inside job, This was birthed from my own personal journey of self-love and it's ever evolving and developing. I, I won't master it in my lifetime. That's not the goal, but the goal is to continually to grow incrementally. Start an audio journal. Audio journaling is great for folks that say, yeah, that writing thing, mm -mm, that's not for me. Well, you can voice record your thoughts openly and play those your thoughts back to you, you'll be amazed at how your own words will be affirming for you. Your own words will be comforting to you. Another practical way to honor incremental growth, artistic expression of feelings. So that's painting, drawing, collaging, a gratitude log, noting what you're thankful for, what you're appreciative of. Thankfulness always will put your mind in a position to be open to receive. Another practical way to honor incremental growth, become more vulnerable in your relationships with trusted loved ones. Open up, share, 
take a, a leap into uh, exposing the parts of you that are most beautiful and most precious. And lastly, seek an accountability partner, someone to check up on you, someone to remind you of your greatness and hold you accountable to living that. And the fourth key to dismantling the cycle of self-accusation and condemnation, which should have been number one to me, (laughs) is pray about everything. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 states, do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God and the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Include God in your journey. If you actively involve him in your daily journey, great. Continue growing in your relationship with him. If you've moved away from him, feeling like you've done too much to be forgiven, You keep asking him for forgiveness and then doing the same thing over and over again. I live that life. Or you feel like, you know what, I got to get my life together first and then I will talk to God. I invite you right now to disrupt that false thinking. And I urge you to remember that there is nothing you can do to alter the love God has for you in this very moment. Just as you are, with all that you are, and all that you carry on the inside, God's love for you is the main and most essential ingredient to self-love. Receiving the unwavering, unfaltering love he has for you will begin to set you free. If you're saying to yourself, hey, Mikkel, I don't know God in the way that you have described or in the way that maybe you have experienced God, great. I would love to talk to you and and share with you how you can get to know God in a deeper and more intimate way. And I'll share the ways that you can reach out to me directly for us to connect. So this week, I encourage you to do three things. Four keys (laughs) to dismantling the cycle of self-accusation and condemnation and three intentions I want you to set for the week. Number one, reflect and answer the mindset check-in. What is the title of your current chapter in life? The second intention, give yourself permission to be human and engage in one or all of the four keys to dismantling the cycle of self-accusation and condemnation, which is forgive yourself, examine your steps, aspire to grow little by little, and pray about everything, worry about nothing. And the third intention I want you to set for the week is return next week for another episode of the Inside Job Podcast.
Thank you for listening. I'm proud of you. I believe in you. And I would love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect, to share your mindset check-in with me, push my thinking, and provide feedback on the Inside Job podcast, you can reach me at Mikkel at striveforimpact.com. That's Mikkel, M-I-K-E-L, at strive, for F-O-R, impact, M-P-A-C-T dot com. No I in impact. Until next time, I love you, and I can't wait to hear from you.